Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. Probably a year into just teaching yoga classes, you know, completely unknown, was teaching my local area. I used to do things like send emails to the BBC saying, would you like me to come on your breakfast show? Brilliant. <laughs> and I look back now and I think, oh my gosh, I was so naive with it. But, you know, I was just prepared to, to try because I thought always, well, what have I got to lose? And actually, sometimes I think it's easier with rejection right at the beginning because you're so unknown actually than later on down the line but even now I've realized you cannot be everything to everybody not everyone is your customer not everyone is your dream client and don't try to be everything to everyone I'm your host Danielle Collins and I'm the world leading face yoga expert best-selling author of the book Danielle Collins Face Yoga and creator of the international teacher training program the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago I healed myself from chronic illness and I've spent the last 15 years teaching sharing and serving millions of people in person on tv and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello friends and a warm welcome back to this week's episode. So this week I'm going to be sharing an episode that I was on on the Rapid Tapping podcast with the lovely Poppy Delbridge and you may remember Poppy from an episode a little while ago where she came on and talked a lot about emotional freedom technique, what it is and how it works and a lot of you guys know that I'm a fan of emotional freedom technique and have used it many times for myself with amazing and very quick results and when I went on Poppy's podcast we talked a lot about face yoga, my journey into face yoga, and lots and lots about holistic wellness. And then we delve into some rapid tapping for myself. So Poppy actually leads me through some, but I want to share this with you because not only does it give you great information about face yoga, but also hopefully you can join in a little bit of that tapping too. And you can help work through some things fairly quickly because rapid tapping does work through issues quite quickly. So before we go into that, I wanted to share a a little voice note that I got from one of our face yoga teachers. And I always say to our face yoga teachers, if you ever want to appear on the podcast, please just send me a little voice note. And I'm very happy to add it on there because it's great for them. It enables them to have a platform to talk about their story, but also it's lovely for you guys too, because you get to hear people's stories and journey into face yoga and why they decided to train. So one of our lovely teachers, her name is Ginger, sent across a voice note. It's about four minutes long. And I thought I would start today's podcast just with that little clip before we get into the podcast with Poppy. So let's hear from Ginger now. My name is Ginger Marie Corwin of gingermariecorwin.com. I'm an Amazon bestselling author, speaker, Hatha Kundalini and face yoga instructor. My journey into wellness started about six years ago at a point in my life when I was deeply struggling. I was looking for happiness in all the wrong places. I thought different people, events, and circumstances in my life would fulfill me. 
This searching, this looking for happiness is what led me to my life coach. I had worked with my life coach for about a year when I started to notice a lot of different positive changes in my life. As a result of focusing on myself, learning to love and appreciate myself more deeply and really focus on living a happier life, I attracted many positive people and events into my life. I met my soulmate, who is now my husband. I found my dream job in event planning and doubled my income over the year before. And I found a great apartment in Venice, California, near the beach, which is something that I always wanted to do was live near the ocean. When all these positive things started to happen and I noticed shifts in my life, it gave me a strong desire to want to share what I had learned in a bigger way. Even though I loved my job in event planning, I later felt the need, the desire, the intuitive push to leave my full-time job in event planning and become a life coach and help coach people just as I had been coached. I did life coaching for a few years, and at that point, I had written my book, Your Weekly Guide to Bliss. My business has sort of shifted over the years. I focus predominantly now on yoga and face yoga and meditation. And I found face yoga when I was at a expo in Los Angeles. It was a yoga expo. I'd never heard of face yoga and I was really intrigued. So I started to look into face yoga and started doing some free YouTube videos. I had found Danielle's work and really resonated with her and her message. I love that she focused not just on looking better, but also feeling better and how those are interrelated. I do believe a lot in the mind-body connection, and I believe the better we feel, the healthier we will be, and the more radiant we'll look because our, our energy attracts different things in our life. And when we feel good, I think our, our face, our body reflects that. So I got my face yoga certification last year during the pandemic. So I started taking my certification in April of last year, which was a perfect time because face yoga really works well online. I've had a lot of success doing Zoom classes because it focuses predominantly on the face and neck. So it's very easy to teach a class in front of the computer. I have had a little bit of challenges teaching yoga classes in front of the computer because you have to sometimes adjust the screen and whatnot. But I thought face yoga worked really well online. And over the course of the year, I've had a great opportunity to teach workshops, classes, private events. I've done a, a couple bachelorette parties and it's been a really fun and rewarding opportunity and gift to share with other people. I like to incorporate face yoga as well into my traditional yoga classes. So I also teach Hatha and Kundalini. There's a lot of positive benefits of working these together, of, of working the face and the neck, but also working the body and the soul and the mind. It's a beautiful gift and I'm so glad that I have found it and been able to share it with other people. I appreciate the time and for you listening to my story. So I hope you enjoyed listening to Ginger's story. And now let's get into this week's episode where I am interviewed by the wonderful Poppy Dalbridge. Hello, Danielle. 
I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? I am good. Thank you, Poppy. I'm really excited to be here too. Woo! So what we do on this podcast is we dig straight in to a quote, because who doesn't like a quote? So you don't know this quote yet, but today's quote will be from Pablo Picasso. And the quote is, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. How lovely is that? Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, so gorgeous. And I feel like that is true when you discover something, find something that works. So I'd love to see what you think about that in terms of what you do and how, you know, your purpose of, you know, giving giving the world face yoga essentially, yeah, has come about and what that means to you. Yeah, it's interesting as you said that quote and how we've all got that gift within us. And I think from a really early age, so as long as I can remember, maybe age five or six, I knew I always wanted to help people and teach people. So I thought that that would be through being a school teacher, you know, in a primary school, because that's all I knew. That was a very sort of straight down the line path of helping and making a difference. Then when I left university after I studied education and was going to go into teaching I became really ill I was diagnosed with ME I was pretty much housebound and bedridden for about 18 months and that was what then not only transformed my mind and body so although doctors said to me you know you may have to live with this forever or you may just get over it I started to delve into a whole load of different holistic techniques to heal myself. Before that, I was definitely not into anything holistic, Mm. anything healthy, super stressed person. And I really used all those techniques to heal myself. And then when I did fully recover, I knew that I'd gone through that for a reason. So I always knew, as I said, I did want to help people, but suddenly I knew exactly how and I knew it was to either help people overcome a similar illness or just simply help people feel healthier and happier and that's when I then trained as a yoga teacher as a relaxation therapist I trained in well-being coaching nutrition and started teaching a lot of yoga and meditation I mean this is a very quick version of everything Mm. that happened but then a few years into that very much got into the niche of face yoga for a few reasons really as I trained as a yoga teacher I remember thinking how is it that we learn everything about the body in yoga and the mind but nothing about the 57 muscles in the head face and neck I also did training in face massage and as lovely as it was giving people monthly treatments I wanted people to be able to do it on themselves at home every single day for free really really easy Um, and also going back sort of 16 years ago the beauty industry wasn't where it was now so People used to say to me, you know, Danielle, I love the yoga classes. They're toning up my body. I'm feeling calm in my mind. But what can I do for my face? Surely there's something for the face. So it was that whole culmination of my training, what clients were saying to me, and then a whole load of research I did into traditional yoga techniques, traditional Chinese medicine, new science about the face and how it's composed. I then put together my method, the Daniel 
evidence-based yoga method and fast forward 16 years everything I now do and share but just going back to that idea of, of sharing your gift I feel exactly like that I feel I'm really blessed to have found my gift quite mm. early on I guess yes. I knew I wanted to teach and share but then finding exactly how I was going to do that so I feel first of all blessed with that because I know that many people go through life and they don't even discover their gift because I believe we all have one yeah that's true um, very true so I do feel really blessed with with that firstly but secondly people always say to me well you give away so much stuff for free and you're always sharing everything you know but that's what I want to do that's mm. what I believe I'm here for just to share what would be the good of me researching all this you know trialing with clients having all this experience over the years of teaching it and then keeping it all to myself I want to share it with as many people as possible you know that is my passion oh I love that and I really believe that was your quote you know sometimes the quotes just ping you know I was like you know I'd actually looked up Pablo Picasso and then that popped up and I was like I think sometimes synchronicity and intuition with that and I think that about you because you do give away so much freely and you're you're so brilliant in terms of doing that you know I've I've got into face yoga because of you and realized I was doing it you know with my tapping and stuff before but now I'm really into it and learning all the tricks and you know it's fabulous I want to talk about if you don't mind how illness and health came in came came into your life and I'm really interested in that side of things and as you may know just because of the way I was brought up I had a dad who was really ill with stage four cancer and again my parents went straight into the alternative route there was nothing that that medicine could do so that was what they used and mindset techniques and all the things that I now do now Obviously, when you have that, you want to share it, don't you? And you see the results. So so how was that for you personally? And, and what did you use to get you through all of that? Because I think especially now when people are so concerned about their vitality and health and their and obviously their mind, how, how did you navigate that and what worked for you? It was a whole combination of things for sure. I mean, many people over the years, particularly people who are suffering from similar chronic illnesses, sort of ask me, what did I do? And I think in many ways, lots of people want me just to give one answer. And there isn't one answer. It was a whole culmination of things. If I had to pick one thing, I would say mindset change was the biggest thing that I did. And combined with that, learning how to breathe properly, mm-hmm. I realised the first time I ever did yoga, someone recommended when I was really, really unwell that I get a, a yoga video. And I hadn't even heard of yoga before. And I wasn't able to do very much because a lot of the time I was bedridden. But I remember so clearly the first time I took that deep healing breath, how amazing that felt and how I'd realized for so many years how I'd been breathing in such a shallow, short way. And I'd forgotten that way that we're all designed to breathe, you know, between the ages of sort of when we're born and seven, we breathe really deep abdominal breathing and then life gets in the way and then we change our breathing and that affects everything. It affects our nervous system. 
it affects our mind, our body in so many ways. So the breath work was hugely healing for me. Changing my mindset and understanding habits and patterns that I was really sort of holding on to. And it's interesting because I was thinking today the last week or so, I've had um, tonsillitis, which is just one of those things that you tend to get. But it's interesting because whenever I suffer now from anything, whether it be a little bout of, of tonsillitis or even if you get like a little head cold, I always try and ask myself, what's the emotional trigger with this? You know, where did this come from? And I almost speak to, you know, the pain in the throat or whatever it is and say, why are you here? And how can I let you go? And I think that that was hugely healing for me as as well, just starting to understand why I was going through that illness, what stresses I had in my life, what stresses I had in my mind and body, and gradually working through those. But it was definitely a journey. And I think it always will be a journey for every single one of us. I think you can get over a chronic illness like I did, the physical symptoms and even the, the, the symptoms emotionally and mentally. But I think it's all a journey. So I think all these years later, it's interesting how you sometimes find those little triggers come up and some of those old patterns starting to creep back in. But I think that's okay as long as you can say to yourself, okay, that pattern's creeping back in. Let's acknowledge it. Let's maybe sit with it for a bit and then let's work out how we can release it. So that was huge for me. And then there was all the regular things in terms of healing for me. So um, changing how I was eating. So eating much more healthy, fresh, natural foods. For me, cutting out alcohol and caffeine was a huge part of my healing. I realized that they were really things that were affecting my body. And I always say that everyone is different. So for me, those were the things that were zapping my energy. But for someone else, it might be something else. Yoga was obviously a huge huge healing part acupuncture acupressure I used to have this amazing treatment called high touch acupressure which was so gentle which is what obviously I needed at the time something so so gentle but it was a whole culmination of holistic therapists so externally helping me but also an internal healing process as well hmm wow Amazing answer. And I think I think you're so right. It's always a combination of things and we're just different creatures, aren't we? And and I think coming from that mindset perspective, it's really I remember when I had this moment of well, this blindness for, for about a month. And all I was doing was doing very subtle changes within my inner landscape. Because again, I couldn't do anything other than listen to, you know, audio books. I was like, okay. And, it, and that really does come from within. And I think, especially now, it's very liberating to know that each of those shifts can happen just within ourselves, like literally from our bed, bit by bit, everything counts, doesn't it? It really, really does. And I think it is just remembering that there's always light at the end of the tunnel and we've always got that healing power within us I mean unfortunately some people don't heal from things and you know it is so so complex so it's definitely not saying you know we can heal from anything because we all know as human beings there are certain things we can't heal from but I've learned along the years that there is so much we can heal from but also just giving ourselves a little bit of grace you know none of us are perfect and well-being and wellness isn't about always having perfect health you know like I said I've just had a bout of tonsillitis 
colitis. And I always have that sort of, um, I guess, internal struggle within me of saying, well, why do you get this? Because you look after yourself and you're healthy and you shouldn't get ill because you do all these things. And that other part of me that just says, look, it's okay. Just give yourself a bit of grace. You're human. These things happen. Just go with it. Just feel pretty rubbish for a while. And that's okay. And do the healing work and you'll come out of it. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think just, just giving ourselves a little bit of, of grace and remembering we're all human and healing is a, a journey for life. Yes, it is. So I want to dig into something with you because, you know, it's really inspirational that you've gone through all that. You found this, you found your gift, you're now sharing your gift and you've built an empire, right? And I think, you know, I work a lot with CEOs and and a lot with women building and scaling businesses. And, you know, a lot of that is mindset work, but a lot of that is grit. You know, and I think that's an inspirational side of your story that I want to kind of give voice to today because, you know, you've got all this stuff going on, Danielle, and on so many levels. How do you do it and, and how have you found that journey? Give us some information on like, okay, if we want to be doing something like scaling up a business on the thing that we love in tricky times and we're prepared to go for it, what is it? What are the secrets that you have, Danielle, to share? I, it's interesting because I was talking to my husband about a similar thing last night in terms of what business really looks like. And I think that so many people see the origin story. So like what I just told you about overcoming illness and then where you are today. So all these amazing, lovely things happening. And there's always sort of like a middle part that people don't see. And I would say what happens in that middle part, and you said it so well in terms of grit and mindset. And I think it is the combination of those two things. And when it comes to grit, for me, it's always been a huge amount of patience. And I think that absolutely is the key to being successful in business, to just be patient, because very few people have overnight success. And it really is about knowing that there might be many, many years when things are going pretty slow and you're not making the money that you want to be making and things perhaps aren't going the way that you planned that they would, but keeping that patience and keeping going because the people that win the people that become a success in their business are happy just to be patient through all of those difficult times and there always is difficult times I think if we accept that first of all and have a lot of patience then that is really really important but also I'd say consistency And I was doing a a Facebook live with our teachers group. So I train people to be face yoga teachers. And I did a live last week. And lots of people were asking advice, you know, how to get going with their face yoga business. And I was telling the story about when I started. So I started teaching relaxation and meditation classes. And this is before the era of social media, before I could afford any form of marketing, any website. I couldn't even afford leaflets to be printed out. It was literally a case of printing out on my dad's. I know. Can you imagine? And I was saying what I used to do just to fill up one meditation class when I first started is I would print off little A4 bits of paper with the information 
information about this and I would walk around the high street yes. giving people out of these flyers <laughs> and saying, would you like to come to my relaxation classes? And I did that. I used to walk into beauty salons and hairdressers and just literally say, would you like to come to a meditation class tomorrow? Amazing, Danielle. Until I filled up that first class. I filled up that first class and then I would do the same thing. And then I would be literally knocking on the doors of gyms and yoga studios. Would you like me to teach a class? Anytime a yoga teacher is off sick, call me. I'll cover the class. I mean, I was relentless with it and I had Mm. nothing to lose. I'd just come out of a really, really bad illness. I had basically had no money in my bank. So I knew that I had to make it work. I didn't want to get employed by anybody because I knew this is what I wanted to do. And also I wanted to look after my health after just coming out of that. So really, I was just like, well, what's the worst someone can say? No, I don't want to come to your meditation class. And I did that then. And then fast forwarding, you know, 16 years later, obviously there's all the bit in between. But fast forward to today, absolutely it's about consistency. So every day I'm putting out posts across all social media platforms, every day, whatever. I'm putting out two YouTube videos a week, a podcast every week, two blogs a week. All of these things are happening consistently all the time. And again, it is just that consistency. I think it's so important. Patience, knowing your why, so why are you doing things, has got to always be a much bigger motivation than money. If you're doing something for money, it's not going to work. If you're doing something because it's your gift and it's your purpose, then absolutely it will work. But mindset is huge as well, you know, working on how you're feeling in your mind, working on blocks. And I think whatever level you're at in terms of business, if you can start to work through some of those blocks that we all have, it opens up so much. And I think then just be authentic, you know, just because something is working for someone else, even if they're working in the exact same field you're working in, that might not work for you. It's probably working for them because it's coming from a deep, authentic place for them. And their why and their gift and their reason for doing it is probably very different from yours. But find out what your why is. And also don't be afraid just to put stuff out there, you know, whether it comes to social media or whether it back in the old school way of just just walking around with those leaflets. Don't be afraid just to try stuff. You know, it's that old thing of, you know, what is it, throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks, you know? Try stuff all the time. Some stuff will work and some stuff doesn't, but just keep going and keep being patient. Mm, Such good advice because I think it's about, like you said, finding that sweet spot for you and very often... I'll find working with people on this very thing. You know, it's about not copying someone else's style or getting stuck in that whole thing about, well, they made this much money from this much course and then that, and then you just feel terrible about yourself. So that's just not worth doing. I suppose the other thing is, you know, when you think about what you mentioned there about resilience and rejection, what advice can you give to people who are getting maybe rejected you know did you ever get any hilarious rejections from your leaflets and do you get it now let's hear some (laughs) 
my gosh, yes. I mean, people would look at me like I was absolutely crazy saying, would you like to come yeah. to a relaxation class tomorrow? I mean, completely. And I used to do some hilarious things. Like I would, I mean, probably a year into just teaching yoga classes, you know, completely unknown, was teaching my local area. I used to do things like send emails to the BBC saying, would you like me to come on your breakfast show? Brilliant. And I look back now and I think, oh my gosh, I was so naive with it. But, you know, I was just prepared to, to try because I thought always, well, what have I got to lose? And actually, sometimes I think it's easier with rejection right at the beginning because you're so unknown, actually, than later on down the line. But even now, I've realised you cannot be everything to everybody. Not everyone is your customer. Not everyone is your dream client. And don't try to be everything to everyone. So now I'm just in the space that... Some people are going to love me and that's great. You know, be part of this community and enjoy what I do and let's all celebrate each other. Some people are going to absolutely hate what I do and that's completely fine. You know, in some ways you want to repel some people because... Oh, you want it, yes. Yeah, if you're not... What are you? Exactly, exactly. And if you're not sort of having some people that have got a strong opinion on you either way, then you're probably not doing... um, You're not being true to yourself and really saying... You know what you want to say about things and actually then there's some people that are just lukewarm about what you do and I think in business sometimes it's okay to say well those aren't my customers and those aren't not my people either so I think when you get to the space where you just think I only want the people who want to be part of this tribe because I can't be everything to everyone and I think that was a mistake that I definitely made early on in business thinking I could market myself to everyone you know yoga for everyone face yoga for everyone relaxation for everyone Mm. no what I do isn't for everybody I've got a a very unique style of what I do and it's for a certain group of people that are really going to resonate with that and I want people that go wow that is exactly what I want and how I want to do it you know and and I don't want people who who don't like it or people who go "Mm, she's okay but I prefer that person I say that's absolutely fine you know go with that other person that's great we've all got energies that we work with you know same with with friendships we're not best friends with everyone we meet we're best friends with just a few people in our life Um, and it is all about that energy exchange all the time yes yes it's so is your soul right sort of soulmate clients I call them as well you know people where you're like yeah absolute soulmate you know you're right for them they're right for you and together there's this kind of exchange and partnership somehow that advances both of you in different ways, right? That's what it's about. Absolutely. Love it. So what were the blocks for you? Because obviously with tapping, rapid tapping, it's about really noticing and validating what those emotional blocks are, subconscious blocks are, and any events or traumas that have, you know, potentially caused a bit of an imprint that then we can tap into and release. So what were they for you or what are they still for you if you could share on those? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I think over the years, we all have different blocks and traumas at different parts of our life. And when I really started, because I came to EFT fairly late, so I was always aware of it, but I never did anything very structured until the beginning of last year, so beginning of 2020. Um, And I did a lovely two-day course, one-to-one with someone just to do my level one EFT, which was great. And I spent two full days, one in January and then one in March, just tapping and going through lots of different blocks and it was really really powerful um and there were blocks I didn't even think I had blocks to do with my business blocks to do with my relationships but I was thinking today because I knew that you were going to sort of talk about um blocks that we have or things that you want to bring into your life or or move away from your life and the thing that kept coming up for me is that concept of being present and being rather than doing. I realized I've got this thing and I was doing it during my working day to day as well, where I'm doing a task and I'm not focused on that. I'm actually thinking about the next thing I've got to do or about the to-do list I've got tomorrow rather than being in the moment now. So I was thinking, what are the reasons for that? Or what are the blocks I've got about that? And I think it's something to do with just wanting to overachieve. So wanting to sort of do, do it all and not understanding or not believing that the moment is all we have I mean I know this on a conscious Mm. level Mm. but on a subconscious level the the moment we have the mindfulness within the moment is all that really matters what we're going to do in two hours or what we're going to do tomorrow doesn't really matter so I think if I could wave a magic wand and bring myself into a I guess a more clearer place it would be to know that it's okay just to relax into the present moment to be where I am and what I'm doing is enough now and it doesn't have to be so focused on getting those five other things done later because I'm missing the moment all the time because I'm living two hours or two days in the future Yes. And that is so common when you're a powerhouse, (laughs) you know, to be honest with you, right? That's what I see there for you. It's kind of like the vision and the goals are there. You know, that's not the problem. It's almost the, the, the too many ideas. And then there's the discrepancy between, okay, there's where I want to be and here's where I am. And there's a silent suffering in there that's almost subconscious. And then I guess the thing about EFT is like you go back to potentially a moment that would come up that may have been when you were quite small or young, perhaps at school, where there was a moment somehow connected to that that has put a little imprint there in the hippocampus to go, every time you're doing something, it would be better if I was doing more. And then it's kind of like, oh, where did that come from? So the interesting thing there is like, Wow. That's what I love about tapping is that you dig into that, don't you? And you go, oh, well, what is that? And where did it come from? Yeah. And it's sometimes a crazy, tiny little moment. Like you say, it can be something, I don't know, when it's lunchtime at school when you were seven years old, and it can be something as simple as that. And that then has that impact on everything you're doing every single day, you know, even at the age I am now, 39 tomorrow. So, 
Woo! How exciting. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, it's so fascinating. And I go back with people through what those little moments are, because very often they're not the big traumatic event. It is a tiny thing that they haven't even thought of and sometimes can't even consciously assess. So we go deep into the subconscious and energy of the stuckness that's come from that. And we get there in the end. And then the release from that is really incredible because the knock-on effect, as you say, is, is just permeated into a habitual kind of pattern. So it's really retraining the brain to filter different information points because otherwise it's just re-filtering. You know, our brain is a filter, actually. And so that's the point, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to put new experiences in as well in order to keep that fresh. So I love, I love that, you know, EFT and have used EFT. So what I would love to know, just any, any tips right now that you would like to share, because I like this idea about, well, I don't like it. It's awful, but you know, but it's like anxiety face, you know, you're like, oh, and I do a little bit with that because I believe obviously things come through in the face, emotionally speaking. Give us a little bit of info on it, just in terms of what you see. And has it changed like lately over this time frame? And is there anything we can be doing to help ourselves with that? I mean, we are going through a global pandemic, obviously, at the moment. And this is having uh, taking its toll on so much our mind, our body, our face. And I do think that we're all almost in a state of trauma currently and almost a state of fight or flight. We can't fully relax any of us. I mean, you can't go out for a walk and fully relax and be in the walk. You can't see, you know, see a friend, even if it's two meters away, without thinking about everything you know go to the shop you're in you're in that fight or flight that sort of trauma ready to sort of run away or fight response a lot and I think we're all going to emerge out of this pretty exhausted from it to be honest because I do think that without realizing it we are all in whatever situation we're in, in some state of sort of holding on tight and trauma. And in terms of the face, I mean, like you said, the face holds so much of our trauma and of our tension and something which I've really noticed over over the last 12 months with people is a lot of people saying that they're holding so much tension in their jaw. Now, the jaw Mm, is very, very renowned for holding a lot of our stress and tension. And it's actually emotionally often very um, linked to control as well. So if we're trying to hold on to something very tight, if we're trying to control a situation in whatever little way we may be doing that, this often manifests in in our jaw area. So releasing the jaw can really help the mind. Interesting, the jaw in yoga is really linked to the hip area. So if we're holding a lot of tension in our hips, maybe we've got very tight hip flexors, because we're sitting down a lot more, this can really impact in our jaw area. So massaging the jaw, you know, super simple massage. I like one with two fingers and thumb and just sort of pinching up our jaw area and just doing that, you know, even just three times working upwards is beautiful. Thumbs just gliding up along the jawline. That works great. There's a lovely little acupressure point right at the top of um, the jaw, right at the bottom of the ear, which can feel often very tender if you are holding a lot of jaw tension. Yes. Ow, I've just done it now 
<laughs> you can press it and you can breathe yeah. as well. And that really, really helps. So definitely jaw. This area between the eyebrows, um, we all know those sort of number 11 lines or even those yeah. horizontal lines that we can get here. And that's often really linked to um, anxiety, really linked to worry. So those mm. times when we are going through those emotions, we do tend to pull this area in tight, which from an aesthetic point of view, really causes those deep lines. And particularly mm. as we age, as we set, um, tend to produce less collagen and elastin in the skin those lines etch into the skin so when we're 40 they're etching way more into the skin than when we're 20 Um, so massaging that area is also great and I love um, acupressure for that area as well Mm. so even very simple pressing on the third eye point and just holding and breathing and closing the eyes and just letting that muscle it's called the procerus muscle between the eyebrows letting it relax and just allowing as we call in in yoga the prana or the energy just to flow a bit more effectively there and you can even take your index fingers and just massage between the eyebrows there that works beautifully and you can do that for about a minute very good if you've been staring at a screen if you're pulling that area in a lot so yeah I mean I I mean I could go on and on with the face but definitely those two areas I would say are key areas that, that were holding that that stress and anxiety at the moment Mm, I love it. So we're moving our fingers upwards on between eye. Yeah, exactly. Index fingers moving upwards. Just super simple, but it's also stimulating that third eye, um, which is, you know, really helps with our intuition. I think the more we can be intuitive in these times, the better, Um, you know, asking our body just a simple question such as what do you need from me in this moment and Mm. listening to that, this answer, because I think even if we're the most well-intentioned person when it's, when it comes to our health and our well-being, we often just go through this routine. Okay. So I need to go for a run or I need to do yoga or now I need to eat this food. Mm -hmm. Actually, sometimes that isn't the right thing for us. So the more we can tune into our intuition just ask ourselves, you know, what do I need in this moment? And sometimes you may just need to sit on the sofa and watch the reality TV. You know, that might be what you need. Maybe you don't need to go for that run in this yeah. moment. So yeah. ask yourself and listen. Yes, yes. So helpful. Such good advice. So if we were to look now at you and perhaps what you would want less of in your life, because that's kind of how I tend to see things you want more of something or less of something to keep it simple so you want more more abundance you know less anxiety whatever it is what are the two big things for you if you were to think about that now that you would tap into I mean, I love the concept of abundance, like you say, because that means so many things. I think it's so easy to think that abundance means just finance or money, but actually abundance isn't that, you know, abundance of health, abundance of happiness, abundance of energy, abundance of love, and it can be abundance of money too. And actually there's nothing bad about that. I think that's another thing that so many of us have to work through. And I know I had to work through that many times to think it's okay to say abundance of money. That's the way I want to be. That's the place I want to be. So I think more abundance is is Mm. perfect. And I love how you you brought that up. And I think for me, less doing. So Mm. less of that 
busy, busy, busy mind all the time. It doesn't mean that I can't be effective with what I'm doing or I can't complete tasks or I can't, you know, run my business or look after my children the way I want to. But just knowing that nothing will happen if I just sit and do nothing or if when I am doing something, I'm mindful about it. So I think less doing, more abundant. Mm, I love that. Yeah, there's a lovely there's a lovely thing that I sometimes say. I was told by someone which is doing nothing but leaving nothing undone. Mm, yes. Which is gorgeous, isn't it? And that is that is quite the art, I think. Yes. All right. So shall we shall we do a little mini tap into the doingness? Because I think that's something that everyone suffers with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the addiction to the to-do lists and then you hate them and then you love them because you tick something off and then you hate them because they're there. Yeah. Um, so let's do like a mini tap into it. And let's begin with crossing our hands sort of over our collarbones and then going down to find the sore spots. So sore spots, can you feel them? Yeah, a little bit sore. So massaging there. We'll do a little bit of fill in the blanks. So just say how you're feeling. So when you think about all the doing and all the things that you have to do, how does that feel? Um, overwhelming. Yeah. So I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. Because? I feel overwhelmed because... I feel a lot is expected of me. Mm, yes. But I choose to love and accept myself anyway. But I choose to love and accept myself anyway. Yeah, I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. Because a lot is expected of me. Because a lot is expected of me. But I choose to trust that I have it all sorted. But I choose to trust that I have it all sorted. I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. Because? Because? I have a lot expected of me. Because I have a lot expected of me. But I choose to feel a little lighter. But I choose to feel a little lighter. Yeah. And then just tapping on between eye points. All this overwhelm. All this overwhelm. Because a lot is expected of me. Because a lot is expected of me. Moving to the side of the eye. All this expectation. All this expectation. Under the eye. So much to do. So much to do. Under the nose. All these ideas. All these ideas. Under the chin, because... Because... I'm a bit of a powerhouse. I'm a bit of a powerhouse. <laughs> Under the collarbone. And that takes some upkeep. That takes some upkeep. <laughs> but it's okay. But it's okay. Because I'm enough just as I am. Because I'm enough just as I am. Sharing my gift. Sharing my gift. Is my purpose. Is my purpose. And then just holding onto your heart. Take a deep breath in through your nose. And exhale. 
And then an affirmation could be something like, I am living my purpose. I am living my purpose. How does that feel as a truth for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So just a, just a reminder there, just to tap on that. I'm living my purpose. I'm living my purpose. Even if I'm overwhelmed. Even if I'm overwhelmed. I am living my purpose. I'm living my purpose. Yeah, gorgeous. And then just tuning into that whenever something pops up. Yeah. Is a good one for you. It's a really, really good one. It's amazing how quickly things shift um even though perhaps in a small moment like that you don't get really to the root of it what it does I find is it allows you to feel a bit lighter about it it allows some of the fog to be lifted around it and for me actually and I found this a lot when I've done EFT I start to see a bit of the humor in it so almost to say to myself oh my goodness you take things so seriously yes you know and you almost laugh at anything oh why were you thinking that's a big deal oh my goodness it's so true and I think that's why I love it so much and and I believe like you that we don't necessarily need to have all these really deep, you know, I do, I do want deep one-to-ones. We go really into it, but it's also really gorgeous just to have fun with it. And that's how rapid tapping was born, actually. Just to, just to go, look, we're all in this. We all have these emotions. We can laugh about it. We can do it quickly and it can very quickly make a difference. So you can just have a bit of clarity and remember who you are and that you're completely enough. Absolutely. And what I always really interested in what you do is how you do the both sides, because yes. when I learned, I always did the yes. sort of the one side. Um, but I love how you start with this and then you're doing the, the two sides. Is there a yeah. reason you do the two sides? Yeah, I do, because I, well, I do that. I do this because our energy is, is mostly in crosses. So it's like crossed energy. So I try to replicate that because I do quite a lot with energy work and energy medicine as well. Um, and then I do the two because we have meridians running through two. So I never understand why we only use one when there are actually double points. So I always use two. And then other certain things I, I add into it just from a sense of uh, manifesting. Because, you know, I'm big on that. So I move into the positives of what you do once you clear. I suppose that's a big difference between EFT and rapid tapping. So, yeah, I feel like that that's like double you know me, I'm like, I like the stuff that works. I'm like, double whammy. If it works, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Double, <laughs> double down on that. Double it. <laughs> yeah, so that's fab. Oh, well, you've been such a gorgeous guest and, and really inspirational and lovely to hear more about kind of your business and your story. And how can people work with you? Because I think what's fantastic is you, you offer it as, you know, a process, but you also help people to start businesses, which is, you know, what I love to do and help people with. And I think at these times it's really important. So if people want to train in what you're doing, where should they go? You can go to faceyogaexpert.com, which is my website. So all the information on there about my teacher training courses, which you can do completely distance learning at the moment. And the lovely thing during the last year is so many people actually, particularly in the holistic wellness industry, um, yoga teachers, beauty therapists have come to face yoga, done their teacher training from home and then been teaching from home. So it's been great to see actually how 
people have got this new income stream that they can mm. do with Zoom classes, you yeah. know, Skype calls to people from home because perhaps they were, for example, a facialist and now they can't work and actually touch people's faces. So they're, they're teaching them um, via Zoom. But you can also do the course if you want just a complete change in, in career or you're looking for something to do as a little bit of a side hustle. So you don't need to have experience first, but all the information is on facioyogaexpert.com. And also on there, there's the information about things like my book and my 10-day course, and my app. So if you're not interested in doing it necessarily for teacher training purposes or as a career, just ways that you can do it yourself at home and enjoy face yoga for what it is. Mm, amazing, amazing, Danielle. Well, you truly are the world expert in it and uh, I can vouch for all that you do. It's really fab and I'm really happy to have you on here. Thank you, Poppy. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.